On a wintry night in midtown Manhattan, where everyone was bundled up against snow and slush outside, it was hot music and cold mojitos on the inside. The chill of New York City was getting a Havana makeover at Victor's Cuban Restaurant on West 52nd Street. The place was packed, awaiting the latest fresh phenom in the tired old face-off between the communist Castros in Cuba and the bitter anti-Castro exiles in the U.S. and their Cold War holdouts in Washington, D.C. The phenom is a young Cuban blogger-journalist, Yoani Sanchez. You might say she is the Cuban dictator's wild ganim. Remember the internet architect of the uprising in Cairo a few years back? When Yoani Sanchez speaks, millions who follow her blog, Generacion Y, listen, including this packed invitation-only crowd at Victor's. Yoani Sanchez. Y eso de raíz me hace recordar un día, un día que alguien me preguntó si no tenían temor de que mi hijo migrara. Sanchez has been on a whirlwind tour that brought her to the U.S. for the first time last week. She's faced critical pro-Castro crowds and some questions over why she hasn't left Cuba altogether. Her mission, she told us when she sat down this week with interpreter Raul Moss, is to make the current regime in Cuba scared and to make American policymakers act to bring Cuba into the post-Castro era. There's fear at all levels of society and within the Cuban people. That goes from Raul Castro, that comes from Fidel Castro. And so when you break that mold, when you're able to leave, you break down fear. And so they had to let people out because pressures were coming from within, and now you see that fear subsiding. Who are you afraid of? What scares me the most is to live in fear. How are you liking free speech here in the USA? It's a welcome change because I come from a country with a country of fear, a country of silence, a country of lies. And so to come to a country where anybody can say anything on a street corner is a welcome change, and I find myself very quickly becoming addicted to that kind of freedom of expression. For all the good things you've said about the United States, do you think that Castro and communism and the United States together are standing in the way of progress in Cuba, standing in the way of your generation? I think that policy from coming from the United States for the last 54 years has allowed for an environment of confrontation to take hold. And the Cuban government has used that environment, that confrontation, to justify all its acts. Acts of repression, acts of intimidation, and to justify what it does. Do you want the embargo to end? I'm very critical of the U.S. embargo to Cuba, and I would like it to end. But the embargo that really I would like to see end is the embargo that the Cuban government has on its people. The embargo on futures, the embargo that it places in terms of silence, in terms of oppression. That embargo I want to see end now. So who is your audience? That half million people. Melen fundamentalmente muchos cubanos por el mundo. I have many people that, that read me and that follow me on Twitter. There's Cubans from the diaspora in all corners of the world that follow me and read me. But there's also my countrymen from within the island who were able to follow me and read me and keep abreast of what I say through alternative means. Uh, although there's no internet, 
Cubans have come up with alternative ways to, to communicate, and through there they, they read me. You've encountered some criticism on this trip. People who are against you, people who have yelled at you, people who have thrown things at you. How have you responded to them? Lo he disfrutado porque espero que un día en Cuba. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it because my hope is that one day in Cuba, any Cuban will be able to be critical of the government, be critical of any cultural figure, any academic figure, without fear of repression. And so I've enjoyed the criticism I've received on this trip because it gives me foresight, it gives me a picture of what a future Cuba will look like. Will the first woman president of Cuba have a Twitter account? La primera presidenta de Cuba no solamente tendrá una cuenta en Twitter. The first female president of Cuba will not only have a Twitter, but more importantly, she won't have a beard, she won't have olive green unif military uniforms, and she won't have to rely on hours-long discussions and discourses to control the people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ioanni Sanchez, blogger, Cuban dissident, traveling the world for a few more weeks, meeting the millions of people in her Generation Y blog audience, and then it's back to Cuba under the thumb of the Castro regime she criticizes. We spoke with a 22-year-old Cuban-American woman named Victoria at this event in Manhattan, who really gives you a sense of how the anti-Castro movement may be changing and how Ioanni Sanchez is speaking to a whole new political generation. Her blog is important, but I think it's more the person that is Ioanni Sanchez. I think she represents the voice of Cuba, a, a vehicle of change, but not in a violent or not in a threatening way, but just in a very matter-of-fact sense. The way she incorporates technology and the way how she feeds off of this social media, she does Twitter, she does blogs, I think it's something that's very unique and, and, and speaks very much to the generation that we're in. 22-year-old Cuban-American Victoria confirming that a new political voice in Cuba may be rising. With as much clarity as the Cuban music from Havana, which for generations has been singing songs of changes to come. A lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here? 
and maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's on the media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>